Hello, and welcome once again to Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. I am Chris Levine, and I will be your host again this time around. You've heard this, right? If something looks like a duck, walks like a duck, sounds like a duck, it's probably a duck. But for the fun of it, I'd like for you to try something, if you feel like it. When you get a chance, Google these birds. A brant, a common moorhen, a double-crested cormorant, an American coot, and a common loon. When you do, guess what you're going to find? All these birds look like ducks, but none of them are ducks. The point? Things are not always as they appear on first glance. So that said, there was once a test performed in the psychological community called the marshmallow test. You ever heard of that? Well, here here was the concept. You put a marshmallow in front of a child. Then you tell them they can have a second one if they can go 15 minutes without eating the first one. And then you leave the room. Whether the child is patient enough to double their payout is supposedly indicative of a willpower that's going to pay dividends down the line. They're going to do better in school. Eventually, they're going to do better at work. Passing this test to many people was a promising signal of future success. People put a large degree of stock in this. They wondered, Could the filling inside of a s'more dictate my kid's future? I have to know. Well, according to The Atlantic, note further findings concerning the marshmallow test. It says this, ultimately, the new study finds limited support for the idea that being able to delay gratification leads to better outcomes. Instead, it suggests that the capacity to hold out for a second marshmallow is shaped in part by a child's social and economic background. And in turn, that background, not the ability to delay gratification, is usually what's behind kids' long-term success. These findings, they point to an idea, for example, they may say poorer parents try to indulge their kids when they can while more affluent parents tend to make their kids wait for bigger rewards. Uh, Hair dye and sweet treats might seem frivolous, but purchases like these are often the only indulgences that poorer families can afford. And for poor children, indulging in a small bit of joy today can make life feel better and more bearable, especially when there's no guarantee of more joy tomorrow. So the reason for waiting or not waiting for the marshmallow was, again, subjective for each kid in the experiment. It was simply a case of mistaken identity, projected and magnified like the sugar, gelatin, and flavor under the microscope, only to find Not a marshmallow, but a Tylenol or a Tic Tac or the missing dice that you rolled too close to that confounded microscope. That'll teach you to play a dice game in the lab, Dr. Gamblinstein. The article continues, 
the failed replication of the marshmallow test does more than just debunk the earlier notion. It suggests other possible explanations for why poorer kids would be less motivated to wait for the second marshmallow. For them, according to this article, daily life holds fewer guarantees. There might be food in the pantry today, but there might not be tomorrow. So there's a risk that comes with waiting. And even if their parents promise to buy more of a certain food, sometimes that doesn't happen out of financial necessity. At the same time, for kids who come from households headed by parents who earn more money, typically it's easier to delay gratification. Experience tells them that adults can take care of it. They have the resources and financial stability to keep the pantry well stocked. And even if these children don't delay gratification, they probably trust that those things will still be there tomorrow. It'll all work out in the end. Even if they don't get the second marshmallow, they can probably count on their parents to take them out for ice cream instead. But think about it. Initially, the first time around was again the idea that this marshmallow test was able to give researchers a link between self-control and success. In short, having self-control as a child could influence success as an adult. Now, we're not totally just picking on this. The marshmallow test is not the only classic experiment that's undergone criticisms. Psychology is currently undergoing what's called a replication crisis. Uh, replications of world-renowned experiments, just like this marshmallow test, show that these tests aren't rock-solid or totally accurate as once taught in the schools. Like any type of study that involves the scientific method, psychology is always changing, and psychologists are continuing to tweak and adjust theories that don't seem to hold up under modern circumstances. And here's the takeaway here. Self-control does have an impact on behavior and possibly success, but we can still continue to learn about just how self-control is influenced and influences other personality traits and factors. Pop culture isn't afraid of all this. Just like in pop culture, ideas seem great until you actually give them a spin. Like in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Jurassic Park, The Island of Dr. Moreau, and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Look great on paper, but some things should be interesting thoughts that are never actually acted upon. So ultimately, per the newer studies, our ability to delay gratification isn't set in stone. An impulsive child is not doomed to a life of trouble because we can learn self-control. Self-control is a key component of function, so this will help alleviate the common parental fear that the child's current levels of function will never improve. That's not fair. There are many ways to support executive function growth and helping kids cultivate stronger willpower is one of them. But I gotta digress here. What if you were a parent, or God forbid, the kid 
who got the life sentence after that first study. Remember, the marshmallow test was viewed as fact first. So imagine being a kid, taking this test, eating the thing, and being told you have no future. <laughs> then what can a poor boy do except to sing for a rock and roll band because in a sleepy London town, there's just no place for a street fighting, marshmallow eating man. And you're like, dude, I was just hungry. I wouldn't hurt a fly. And I have patience. Stop judging me. I just wanted the marshmallow. But the marshmallow professor's like, kid, you're all washed up. You ate the marshmallow. Why don't you pick out a nice shelter to live in permanently when you grow up? And you're like, I just didn't wait to eat a marshmallow. How on God's green earth does this make me a contender for future homelessness? And Professor Marshmallow's like, see you, wouldn't want to be you. So you leave and embark on a journey of unabashed hopelessness until in the future you read on the newspaper that you're using for a bedsheet in the alley by the Vaughn supermarket that the study was debunked. You get up, you shower. You call the place that did the study and you ask for Professor Marshmallow to give him a piece of your mind for negatively influencing your life until the lady on the other end of the phone tells you that when that new study came out, unfortunately, Professor Marshmallow killed himself by drowning himself in a huge cup of hot chocolate. His suicide note was simply the words of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. It said, it takes less time to do things right than to explain why you did it wrong. At which point you put your pants on one leg at a time, just like everyone else for the first time in your adult life. You shave your three year old beard, you put on cologne, you get on with the rest of your journey. Yeah, maybe you never took your SATs, but that won't stop you from finding happiness in this great big world. Besides, you think to yourself, we can't have everything. I mean, if we did, where would we put it? And if we can't get rid of the skeletons in our closets, then the least we can do is teach them to dance. And then it all hits you. You realize this huge, enormous life lesson. Just because something walks like a duck. It might not be a duck. In fact, if it looks like a duck, it might just be one of the many different girls hamming it up on Instagram. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist to shadow our overall theme. We have for you this time around a Refresher podcast the Marshmallow Test playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash The Marshmallow Test. Let's get into our 10 songs. Track number one, Brilliant Mistake by Elvis Costello. Number two, a B-side track from the Smashing Pumpkins called Frail and Bedazzled. Number three, Downed by Cheap Trick. This is a great list, man. Number four. All right, so I remember going to a place in the Valley in California that some of you might remember from a million years ago called Moby Disc. You remember that place, the record store? 
I think it might have been on Topanga. Anyway, I found a bargain bin and found a record from Lil Lewis in the world for a dollar. And it was a lot of, at the time, it would have been a lot of uh, house music, dance tracks. Anyway, this thing was hidden in the mid, middle of the bargain bin. And, and, and right in the middle of this, this, this record was this song that was really atmospheric called Thief. That's our number four selection. Number five is the band Cast with All Right. Number six, Now I Know You Could Never Be the One by The Meeting Places. Number seven, The Mothers of Invention, the first Zappa record with Hungry Freaks, Daddy. Now, I know you're thinking, how do all these songs apply to any of this? They do. You just kind of have to dig a little deeper to get the connection. Number eight is All Over Now by Washed Out. Number nine is Hawkwind with The Demented Man. And we will round it off with number 10, R.E.M. from their Accelerate record with the track Living Well is the Best Revenge. That's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast, The Marshmallow Test. Guys, this show simply would not exist without you. I say it all the time. I mean it all the time. If you can continue to please pass this podcast along to your friends, that would be amazing. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, you can make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you're so inclined, that would be amazing. But whether you do or whether you don't, just please feel free to listen to this show anytime and enjoy it as it is yours. We also have books that I've written as well as t-shirts and merchandise at our website, which is refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. That is www.refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time. 